Welcome back to Kentucky Daily, a podcast featuring your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I am your host, Derek Terry, riding solo today. Sean um, is off doing some scouting of uh, some Kentucky prospects. The 2023 guys are allowed to be seen in person uh, this weekend, so he is off doing that. So I thought, what better way to get into this Father's Day weekend than to talk some UK football recruiting? with Josh Edwards, someone that I've known for a long time in the industry. He's a coworker of mine at catspaws.com, a recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports, and he also does some work for CBS. But we'll get to all that later. Um, but I thought with how much has been going on in this camp scene this summer, you're talking about official visits happening uh, since the dead period was lifted on June 1st. You're talking about um, guys trying to come to camp to earn an offer all those things. It feels like a good time to get caught back up with football recruiting because we really haven't talked about it much um, really since early March or sorry, May, not March, early May, uh, early May. Kentucky had a little flurry of commitments this spring. Um, I think they sit at 10 or 11 commitments right now um, with, with many more that will be added, but I just wanted to get Josh's thoughts on some of the guys that he has seen at camp, his overall takeaway so far from the 2022 class some guys to watch down the road, um, both coming into Kentucky's class and also guys that, that are right now committed to Kentucky, but people that you might need to keep an eye out in terms of a flip. Of course, that's just part of college football. We all know that. Um, but I wanted to get his opinion. I thought it was a good time to check back in and touch base. So we'll get him on here. You guys can hear that interview a little bit later. But as always, uh, this podcast is powered by Blue Wire Pods. Sean and I have been part of Blue Wire now for about three months, and it has been a great experience for us. Uh, I think it has made this podcast much better, the work that those guys do. So we're very grateful for them. And also we're very grateful for the Butcher's Pub, uh, a sponsor that has been with us basically since day one. Ever since we started this podcast, they've been with us. So the Butcher's Pub has three locations now, one in London, one in Loonsburg, and one in Pineville. Get out and see those guys this weekend. Enjoy the games that will be on TV. The College World Series is cranking up this weekend. Um, it's, you know, it's summer now, so you're gonna get baseball every single day in the major leagues and also a lot of soccer, uh, going on, uh, around the, around the world. Uh, it's been on ESPN here lately. So get out and watch that. Have yourself a burger, have some wings, just get out and see those guys at the butcher's pub. But without further ado, we'll hop into this interview with Josh Edwards. All right. Now we're going to welcome in Josh Edwards from catswaz.com also of cbssports.com. I've known Josh a long time. He's this actually, I think, his second appearance on the podcast. We had him on back around signing day in December. But uh, Josh, really happy to have you on. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. Happy to be uh, a recurring guest at this point. Um, you know, always good to talk to you and catch up. Obviously, we, you know, had our own podcast for a while and we're talking pretty regularly. But uh, you know, here with things lately, everything going on with our own personal lives, we haven't haven't talked as much as we used to. Yeah, Josh is a recent father. I'm recently married, so been a busy summer in that regard. But Josh, it's also been a busy summer because football recruiting and, and recruiting across all college sports has opened back up. Kentucky's been hosting camps throughout this month. Um, coaches, at least in basketball, uh, are allowed this as of this weekend to go out and scout guys in person. But sticking with the football theme, I know you've been out to UK to catch some of these camps. Um, always a bit tricky to know what kind of day you show up on. You were on vacation. I filled in one day, the very first camp they had in the talent pool, not quite that deep, but my understanding is a few of these camps that you attended 
uh, the camps were pretty deep. So overall, just kind of what have been some impressions that you've got, maybe some guys that stood out to you at the camp, any kind of tidbits you picked up there that you think might be interesting? Yeah, so uh, last last Sunday uh, was the first one that I made it out to, and uh, that was probably the best defensive line class as a whole that I've ever witnessed in person at a Kentucky camp. Um, they had Seven Cloud there who's committed to Georgia, um, Tommy Zeismer from Boyle County. They had Sadiq Clemens um, from Henderson County. They had um, Kendrick Gilbert from Indianapolis. I mean, they had some really talented players on that side of the ball. Uh, and every one of those reps, you know, were really impressive. They were going against some guys that were competing to get an offer from Kentucky, Lance Williams from uh, Alcoa, Tennessee. So, I mean, they were seeing some fairly good talent on that side of the ball. Um, so that was one of the biggest um, impressions that I've had so far. Uh, yesterday, um, let's see, that, that was, yeah, Thursday. Wednesday. I'm getting my days mixed up now, but uh, the Wade twins were out there um, working with the coaching staff. Liam Cohen spent a little bit of time with uh, Destin, just working with his footwork, um, his dropbacks, that kind of stuff. Keaton Wade, I mean, he's just, he's different. Like, this is the kind of guy that Kentucky has needed to rush the passer um, for a couple of years in the absence of, of Josh Allen, uh, and I think he's probably the closest that they've had to that since since Josh left, so a um, couple really intriguing players there. Um, I mean, those are those have been primarily the biggest takeaways. I'm interested to see some of these quarterbacks next week uh, that are coming in, but uh, those are probably the biggest takeaways to this point. In terms of uh, official visitors, last weekend Kentucky had some guys on campus. I know in terms of the commits, Josh Caddis, I know was there. Um, did Keontae Goodwin take – was that an unofficial where he was there last week? Unofficial, yeah. So he was on unofficial. But I know this upcoming weekend, uh, Travion Longmire, uh, he's another commit, going to be taking his official visit. In terms of the 2022 class, they've been kind of, I, I shouldn't use the word stuck. I mean, it's still a long way till signing day, but they've not had any recent commitments in, in a little while as they go through this summer. They're going to evaluate more guys in person to see who will be a take, who won't be. Just to this point, Josh, now that we are in kind of the middle of summer, your main impression now on this 22 class for Kentucky is you, you see these guys in person, uh, some guys I'm sure you hadn't seen at all in person, at least not in a long time. Just what, what are your overall thoughts on this commitment class so far? Yeah, it's kind of a strange class because, um, you know, despite being ranked number 11 nationally, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, you talk about Coach Klinkscale leaving and his impact on this recruiting class. Uh, obviously, Kentucky's fallen off quite a bit in the states of Michigan and Tennessee. Um, he had Jeremiah Caldwell committed from Michigan, so you wonder how, how solid that's going to be moving forward uh, and whether or not Kentucky's going to have to replace him down the road. So despite being so highly ranked, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, now where I am the most impressed, uh, the most optimistic, is along the offensive line. You've obviously got the highest-ranked player in the class with – uh, Keontae Goodwin, who is a top 100 recruit nationally, uh, just built differently. Like you said, he was on an unofficial visit last weekend. And, uh, you know, he looked every bit the part of an SEC offensive tackle. I mean, he's just physically impressive. Um, Grant Bingham, the in-state kid, he's he's got some positional flexibility that I think is going to allow Kentucky to 
um, you know, explore some other potential tackles in this class. Uh, and that's where it gets exciting because you've got um, you've got Emil Wagner from Dayton that's still on the board, a top 100 caliber player, um, considering Ohio State, Notre Dame, a lot of those traditional powers. Uh, Ryan Bear uh, from East Lake, Ohio, who is a near four-star recruit in his own right at this point. Um, I think Kentucky's in really good shape for him. So you start talking about adding those kind of players to what they've already got committed, uh, it could very well be Kentucky's most impressive offensive line recruiting class that we've ever seen. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to, were those offensive linemen, but you went ahead and hit on them. Obviously, already, I think you would say, like you were saying, a strength. When you have a guy like Goodwin who is as highly coveted as he was, and then even a guy kind of supplemental, I guess you could say, like Bingham from the state of Kentucky, uh, a four-star kid in his own right who had some pretty good offers, um, that's that's certainly a, a good thing for Kentucky to this point. Speaking of Ryan Bear, I know he's a guy that is seemingly – uh, been a target for Notre Dame and Ohio State. I believe he camped up there, left without an offer. How much of, of those two teams, do you think those two will be primarily in the mix for him when he does make his final decision, or is he someone who might be a little bit further down on their board? Well, it's very interesting. I think, um, you know, when the, when Notre Dame offered, they are obviously – well-known for their tradition of producing NFL offensive linemen, which has to be appealing to any high school recruit. Uh, with that being said, when Ryan scheduled his official visit, and he scheduled all five of them for the month of June, he did not include Notre Dame, uh, which was you know, a little bit surprising to me because he had plenty of time to fit them in and you know, potentially work one of those other schools out. But he didn't do that. Uh, and then his father made a comment on social media about, you know, appreciating the ones that have been with them early that that noticed his son early. Um, so that kind of gives me pause to think that maybe Notre Dame's not as big of a threat as what we initially imagined. Um, Ohio State, uh, at one point I calculated that they had 10 uncommitted offensive linemen coming in for official visits this month. Oh, um, obviously a lot of balls in play for them. Uh, I don't know how it will all shake out, but they did have him in town for a workout at the beginning of June, um, and they decided not to offer him based on that workout. Uh, now the family has said that they're going to continue monitoring that situation. So I do I do see it as a situation where, you know, potentially down the road Ohio State comes back if they don't get some of these, you know, uncommitted players. 
um, and eventually offers Ryan, I think they would very seriously consider it. It's pretty interesting how many guys Kentucky has has gone up against in, in terms of, you know, talk about Goodwin, one of the top guys on Ohio State's board, you know, Bear and, and Wagner. And some of those other guys are, of course, maybe on Ohio State's radar as well. Maybe the Ohio State's not pushing for those guys as hard as they were Goodwin early on. But still, good company to be in, uh, for sure. Now, Josh and May, that's when Kentucky went on a pretty big run of commitments. Uh, I would hit you up, and you would pretty much have a – you would know who the next guy was going to be. So, in regards to that, this might be a little bit tougher, especially as they're kind of sorting the board out this summer. But do you have any guesses as to who you think Kentucky's next commit could be? It doesn't really seem like anything is necessarily on the horizon, uh, so that might make it a little tougher to answer. But is there, are there some guys that you feel good about in terms of, of Kentucky being able to lend them when the time comes? Yeah, like like you said, I don't see anything on the horizon in terms of a scheduled commitment. Um, I would say that I'm probably leaning towards Ryan Bear being the next commitment. Um, I've moved off Quentin Conley a little bit after – some things that I heard from his from his official visit. Um, so I'm thinking Ryan Bear is probably going to be the next commitment if I had to guess. Uh, now there are going to be some players that come to Kentucky later this month and are going to be able to see that firsthand. So, um, you know, will one of those unofficial visits change Kentucky's impression of a player? Or conversely, will that visit change the player's perception of Kentucky? So... Um, there's a lot to play out. I don't think anything is coming in the next week, maybe even two weeks. Um, but I think as we get into July, that's that's probably where you're looking for a potential commitment um, from Ryan Bear. I, I don't think Dane Key is going to commit anytime soon. I think he'll probably at least watch a portion of the season before he makes his decision. Um, I know Big Blue Nation is you know, very eager to hear where he's going to go and hope that he picks – uh, the school where his father played, but I think this one's going to take a little bit more time to play out. Yeah, and that makes sense. You know, I think for all these wide receivers, they're going to kind of take a wait-and-see approach. Uh, just a couple more questions for you here. Uh, it is football recruiting, so I think we'd probably be remiss to not at least mention some of the things on the horizon or in terms of other schools who are involved. We talked about uh, Jeremiah Caldwell a little bit earlier. He got offered by Tennessee yesterday. I think there were a lot of questions with him in terms of how much would UK, even though he's committed, like how much would UK continue to pursue him considering Steve Klinkscale is his main recruiter. UK's plug into Michigan is no longer here. Um, and then also Andre Stewart is another guy speaking of Tennessee. I mean, I think he's been up there at least once this off season might decide to take another official uh, and go there. I'm not sure if he's been to Kentucky at all since the um, dead period was lifted. With those two guys and maybe anyone else, do you think there's anyone who maybe UK fans should be keeping a close eye on in this class in terms of where they might be visiting potential flips? Um, I would say Stewart is probably the biggest just because he has interest from so many places. Yeah. Um, Michigan is really interested in him. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Tennessee has hosted him, you know, for an unofficial recently, and or might have been an, an, an official. I don't, I don't remember, but. Uh, they did host him recently, and he blatantly said that he was going to consider them moving forward. Um, he considered them heavily before he made his initial decision. So uh, as much as I think um, defensive line coach Anwar Stewart has built a strong relation with him, um, I think that's a situation worth monitoring because there are a lot of schools that 
that uh, really value his talent. And quite frankly, I think he's underrated um, by pretty much every website. So that's that's the one player that I'm kind of looking at right now as potentially being somebody that another school is trying to flip. Um, Jeremiah Caldwell, obviously, because of everything that has changed in his recruitment, um, just stands out as a guy that could potentially lead Kentucky's class. But uh, from what I've gathered, I don't think Michigan's going to push too hard for him. So um, Kentucky can probably keep him if if they want to. Um, but they'll have other options as well. So, you know, it's it, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, I think that's kind of what is interesting about this class is because it is so highly ranked, but there's still a lot of questions that remain. There's still a lot in flux, a lot of balls in the air. Um, and I think that's ultimately going to be exciting for Kentucky fans as we get into the season. At these camps, I think sometimes you can catch on to, to some team notes, hear some things about the team. You see some of the guys. I know the first day I was out there, Trevin Wallace, I think he might have just gotten to campus. He um, he was out there hanging out with DeAndre Square and Derek Jackson, and uh, I think someone else was out there too, but I can't remember who. Um, just anything that you picked up at the camp, anything about the team that maybe you have heard otherwhere or at other places that, that might you might have found interesting? Yeah, I think Austin Dotson is going to play a little bit more than maybe uh, what people thought. Um, you know, saw him in the weight room this this week. Uh, he was looking he was looking good. He was looking confident. Um, he was working out with Darian Kennard, who looks like he slimmed down a little bit uh, to move over to left tackle. Obviously, a lot of people think his NFL future is at guard, um, but he's making everything he, he's making it very clear that you know he's trying to be a tackle in the NFL. Uh, obviously there's more money in that position, so it's it's more appealing to him. But um, he's doing everything in his power to be competitive at that spot. Um, Josh Pascal, I heard, is, is up to about 300 apparently. Um, so he looks like he could condense inside in the NFL he, if he wants to. Uh, potential day two pick in the NFL, he looks really good. Um, but like you noticed with the linebackers, I mean, Trevin Wallace was hanging out with DeAndre Square uh, Sunday when I was there, I believe it was, um, you know, he was, Square was taking him under the, under his wing, showing him his, um, you know, showing him some stuff in the playbook, uh, talking to him, all that kind of stuff. So it was good to see him getting some better in leadership uh, from that position. And then Trevin Wallace was out there again uh, the other day that I was there, you know, so he's out there just soaking it all up. Um, really encouraging to see from, from a player that, Quite honestly, Kentucky is going to need this year uh, at such at, at such an, a young age. But um, I think he's ahead of the curve in terms of where most freshmen are at this stage in his development. So, um, you know, whether it's this year or next year, I think Kentucky fans are going to see a pretty special player from him. Josh, we appreciate the time, as always. Really good insight there, as obviously Kentucky football has cranked up the in-person activity, maybe kind of quiet in terms of commitments and other things, but obviously this is kind of laying the groundwork for some potential moves later. But as always, we appreciate the time, man. Of course. Let's do this again soon. So there you have it. That was Josh Edwards from catspaws.com. Josh, um, someone I've known for, for a long time, and uh, he's been a great friend, been a great mentor in a lot of ways, um, especially when I was much younger before I was even in the industry. So anytime that I have a chance to get on here and talk some UK football recruiting with him, uh, I'm always very appreciative. 
and I hope you guys are too. Um, it had been a little while since we talked about the football recruiting scene, like I'd mentioned. And, and I think Sean and I, with this podcast, we're about to go pretty football heavy. I mean, we're talking about just a few months out from Kentucky opening fall camp. Much of our episodes come August will be football heavy, um, as you would expect with an SEC football program and, and a program on the rise uh, like Kentucky. So um, if you haven't already, go back Friday. We dropped an episode in our position preview series discussing the wide receivers and tight ends. We'll probably record a couple of more of those this week. Uh, maybe get over to the defensive side of the ball. Talk about some intriguing positions there. Um, probably won't be too much longer before we get to try to get some national analysts to come on and talk some Kentucky football. Talk about the SEC. Um, talk about some of the opponents that Kentucky will face this fall. But uh, enjoy your weekend. Sean and I are very grateful for all of our listeners. Um, you know, this show would not would not be going if it wasn't for you guys. We would have packed it up long ago if there wasn't a base and a, and a desire to listen to us talk about uh, your favorite team. So we appreciate that. If you like us, tell your friends about us. Uh, we're always looking for new listeners, of course. So um, with that said, we'll be back in a few days to record some more. So thank you guys for listening. I'm Derek Terry. This is Kentucky Daily. <laughs>